Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we talk about home bias and how the attraction of investing in your local market could mean missing out on global growth opportunities. With Nikki Eggers, Head of Investments, and Rob Smith, Head of Behavioural Finance. To find out about starting your investing journey with Barclays, visit barclays.co.uk forward slash investments. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Word on the Street. I'm Nikki Eggers, I'm Head of Investments at Barclays Wealth and Investments, and I'm joined by our podcast regular, Rob Smith, Head of Behavioural Finance. Last week, we had one of our investment consultants, Miles Sherry, speaking to Stephen Peters, and they discussed the attractiveness of the UK stock market. So following on from that, we thought we'd do a bit of a deep dive and discuss you know, the appeal of investing more locally, um, what we would call home bias versus the more global diversified approach. So Rob, I know you've been looking at this topic for a while now, certainly with some of our client base, um, with some of our advisors, there's a lot of discussion around you know, perhaps the reasons when it, it's perhaps the right thing to do, the appeal to invest within your more localised market. So can you first kick us off with, with just explaining what, what, what does home bias actually mean when it comes to investing? Hi, Nikki. Yes. So home bias is, is really just the tendency to invest, you know, the majority or a significant part of your money in your local stock market. So more specifically, we can sort of define it as where you have more invested in your in your home market than its proportion within the global stock market. So I think, for example, the UK market stock market makes up around five percent of the of the global stock market. So for a UK investor investing significantly more than five percent of your of your stocks and shares um, allocation in the UK market would represent what we'd kind of call a home bias. Okay, so so Will often talks about the fact that. As investors, we we want to benefit from the capacity to innovate, to become more productive. And this innovation could come from anywhere in the world, any geographic region. So as investors, does it not then follow that we should always start with a global opportunity set? Yes, exactly. And, and Will's obviously always keen to, to point that out. And I think so, so diversification, uh, as we call it, which is just spreading your investments across different areas, different sectors, and in this case, different regions, different geographies, uh, is a central part of, of modern portfolio theory. And, you know, as investments across different regions will not or do not and historically haven't moved in step with each other. So therefore, what we call their correlation isn't perfect. So, so when some go up, some go down, um, you can reduce the, the risk uh, within your portfolio um, and importantly, you can increase the, the risk adjusted returns. So you can, in theory, you know, see a similar return for, for a lower level of, of risk. So a bias towards your local stock market essentially you know, could represent an increase in, in risk, but also really a significant bet on the, on the local market to, to outperform the, the more global market. And to what extent do you see this play out in how people actually do invest and, and, and how they think about investing? It's a really interesting question. And we see a significant home bias in individual investors' client portfolios and, and across the UK investment market kind of overall. So the extent to which you see it 
depends on you know specifically which type of investor you're looking at and 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 how people are investing so investors in who invest tend to invest directly in stocks and shares tend to exhibit this bias uh, much more than than those who use funds and, and there's some some reasons behind that around around sort of ability to to, to access different investments uh, if we look at the UK investors allocation to UK equity funds, so UK fund investors, I should say, their allocation to UK equity funds. Uh, now, this has reduced over time, and it used to be, you know, close to 40%, something like 15, 10, 15 years ago, and it's now reduced down to a much smaller number, around 15%. But this, you know, this still represents, you know, a, a three times larger kind of weight, I guess, than, than a global globally representative portfolio. And this is really looking at those investors in, in funds who are who are already slightly more likely to be um, to be globally diverse because the investment vehicles are available to, to do that. And that reduction, you know, some of that has been due to the actual performance. Obviously, we've, we've seen a very big different divergence in performance over the last sort of five, 10 years of the UK to, to other global markets. And therefore, that you know, lack of performance would have been one of the drivers of, of why the percentage allocation has gone down. So it's hard to see exactly why what's driven that, whether it's been you know purposeful or whether it's just you know a result of of the markets. And and of course, this matters, right? Because clearly, if you create a a construct where your portfolio has a geographical bias, that that also potentially skews your exposure to certain sectors or, or styles of investments, which certain markets will have more of or less of and, and can obviously also impact performance. So, for example, you know, we see the UK stock market has a, a much smaller proportion of the market participants as being highly tech focused when, you know, perhaps in the US, we see that being a, a, a greater uh, representation of the overall stock market index and, and might also explain some of the differing performance that you spoke about there between the two ends of that scale, right? The UK and the US over the last decade. Yeah, yes, yes. And uh, just to really bring that to life, I guess, over the last 10 years, the UK market has, it, it, in terms of performance has significantly lagged the US. So annualized 10-year return of an index, we look at the MSCI world, which is, again, a very a global you know, uh, world equity uh, stock market index is is ten percent. Whereas if we look at the um, MSCI uh, UK, so just an index focused on the UK, you know, the ten year annual return is two point seven eight percent. So you know, quite a significant uh, deviation. I think the thing to raise, however, is that you know there have obviously been periods, other periods in history where the UK has outperformed due to this makeup of, you know, this different sectoral makeup and the exposure to sort of consumer staples and financials. But the point here is that it's, it's hard, it's really hard to predict, you know, which sectors will perform best uh, at any one point in time. So you, you kind of really want to start from a base of having a balanced exposure and, and, a, and a strategic asset allocation, as we call it, you know, a long-term uh, sort of allocation that, that's global. And, and that's how we approach, you know, the, the the asset allocation in our in our ready-made funds. So, if 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 left to your own devices, global would be the way. But but then you know we do as we as you said you know whether it's fifteen percent or you know we do see a lot of people still investing in funds or or looking to invest their portfolios with with more of a focus on on the home market. So so why why do you think that is? 
I think, firstly, there are some structural reasons for this bias historically. So you know, obviously, if we if we go back many, many years, it was harder for individual investors to invest directly into foreign stocks and shares um, in terms of getting that access, but also the cost of doing that and, and the risks. But you know, that said, you know, investors have had access, good access to, to global stocks through through funds, which is arguably you know, a, a better way to invest as you're, as you're leveraging, you know, that that specialist uh, knowledge in, in different areas and different regions. So there's, there's sort of less of a barrier now. But I think an, another uh, sort of point is that the UK market has been one that traditionally has had a high proportion of returns from dividends, a high dividend yield. And that's attracted people looking for for income. And so you can you can understand why it's been appealing for those for those investors who have wanted to generate levels of income from their portfolio. While we're speaking about this, of course, our own execution only service or our smart investor site will soon be able to open that up to international stocks uh, towards the end of the year. But but there are also a range of global funds, ready made funds. What what are the issues above just those practical ones? Something that, you know, and I guess in my position, I think is is a is a big contributor. It's hard to, to really break out all of these factors, but, but something we know that is a big contributor is what we call the familiarity bias. So, you know, we like to invest in things that we know, and it, that's not surprising, but, but, you know, studies have shown that individual investors have biases towards stocks of companies that, that, they're, that they're aware of and that they understand. So, for example, our employers tend to always be one that people have an over overexposure to or brands that we know and we use and, and we like. There's an obvious uncomfortableness that comes with investing in markets as, as a whole. So we talk, maybe talk about emerging markets where we don't know a lot about or companies that we're not very familiar with, you know, and, and even in the US, you know, a market that we think we, we you know, or, or a region we share a lot of a lot in common with. There's obviously still a lot of companies within that market that are very good companies that just wouldn't be known to the average um, UK sort of investor or individual. And so there's, you know, it's that old, old adage of, you know, better the devil, you know, I think that makes people want and feel more comfortable to invest in the UK. I also think there's an interesting sort of influence from the narrative, you know, that our investments can have within our sort of within our lives. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, as an investor, you might want to feel like you're investing in the UK economy, you know, so so you're doing your bit by investing in UK stocks and shares, you're, you're sort of investing in UK PLC, and, and that can kind of feel good. And actually, there's some really interesting um, survey results I, I was looking at the other day from, from YouGov, where they were surveying people with, with over £100,000 of investable assets, so, you know, what we'd call sort of high net worth investors. And there was when they were asked about, you know, which areas did they think were more appealing to invest in and they were more likely to invest in, uh, there was a, a difference between in, in terms of the, the allocation and, and the confidence they had in UK shares versus US shares and global shares. And, and it was, there was a difference between those who voted to leave and those who voted to remain, where those oh, wow. who voted in, in the referendum, in the Brexit referendum. So those who mm. voted leave, they said that they found the UK stocks and shares more appealing and, and more likely to invest in those than compared to those who voted to, to remain. And so you can see a little bit of that you know, political opinion, if you like, playing out in how they feel about where they want to invest. That's so interesting because as you were speaking earlier, I was thinking, gosh, you know, could there be an element of patriotism here? You know, perhaps that's that's part of what you're just saying there. And your your point about the familiarity piece, I guess I guess that's what some firms obviously play off because I, I don't know about you, but my family 
is is constantly being tempted by um, suggestions from De- Deliveroo that they can get 20% off a takeaway. And, and I see that they're also trying to tempt us into buying stock as well. So. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, very much so. So I understand then, obviously, individual investors, us as people, can tend towards that bias, not saying necessarily a bias is a bad thing, but but just that, that you know, we're all humans, right? But but twisting that a little bit, you know, you were talking before about funds, you know, where we try to move a bit beyond the individual human as investment professionals. Do, do you see that bias within within more diversified funds for example do you see evidence of that bias mm. the answer is, is yes <laughs> so you know the, 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 this bias towards our home market exists the interesting thing is it exists across clients of independent financial advisors but also across uk-based what we call retail portfolio managers so those portfolio managers managing money for for, for normal people rather than institutions so vanguard did some really interesting analysis on clients of, of financial advisors and found that they had a median equity allocation of 30% in the UK, which, you know, again, may not sound huge, but it's considerably above the, the sort of 5% you would expect in, in a globally sort of diversified portfolio. And those UK-based portfolio managers, you know, that there's an index that measures the average split of, of of the assets that they're that they're managing for a moderate risk portfolio and and if you look at that they have a 44 okay, currently so as of january this this year a 44 percent allocation to to uk as, as part of their their equity uh, investments and i guess the, the region reasons for the for the for that allocation that significant allocation to the uk Quite well. There's, there's lots of reasons given. Some of them around sort of currency risk for for local investors. Some of them around the fact that you know the the, the FTSE is 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 actually the FTSE 100 is actually you know a, a global index, so isn't necessarily just a bellwether of of the UK. Reasons around having better insights into our into our local market and better better access. But I think the reality is that it's it's a bit of a hangover. I think historically from of, of UK focused portfolios, and and a lot of the time you'll you'll hear it that it's sort of it's client sort of demand to some extent that, that leads to these sorts of biases. But obviously as a as an advisor, as a, as a manager, if you believe and think that, you know, having a UK bias is going to make holding those investments more comfortable and investors more likely to hold them, then of course you're gonna you're gonna do that within your within your portfolios. Because it's better to be invested than than not um for, for most people with the with the right kind of time horizon, I guess. Yeah. And and I guess many of us might be listening to this going, well Actually, some of this is sounding familiar to me, right? It, it may be how I'm positioned right now. So, so is there a, a call to action in any way? Is it the right thing to do to recognise that bias in ourselves and and look to overcome it? Should we be changing our portfolios? I think there's a couple of points to that question. I think the first one is is as you said, it's really important to have an awareness of that because I mean, at, at the end of the day. It's better to be invested, even with a UK bias, than than not at all. If it's if it's appropriate, right? So if you're if you if you're ready to invest, you're looking to invest, or you're already invested, then you know that that UK bias is is not necessarily the the end of the world. If it's going to help you to be comfortable in 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 that investment, so you know from from that perspective, if it, like I say, if it makes you if it makes you comfortable, then then uh, the potential costs which again you know with the uncertainty of the future we don't necessarily know in in the short term in the long term we we think think that that, that might play out uh, w- will be worth it because you'll still be in, invested in 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 markets however 
as we said before, you know, you've got to think about what it is you're trying to achieve and your objectives versus your your own emotions and proclivities because some investors will have a reason you know more more of a reason for investing in let's say the uk market so those who are looking for income as we, as we mentioned before may be attracted to the to the to the high you know dividend yield of the uk market that's historically why, why they had that had that allocation you know that again something that's changing and you know last week the guys talked about you know dividends in the uk market but i i think given how easy it is to access well-known you know familiar fund managers who are who are doing the the, the um or looking after the investment process for, for for investing in those unfamiliar markets if you like to uk investors you know it should help to remove some of those barriers so it should make it easier if you want to so to be able to do that so since november since the end of last year we've seen very strong returns from the uk market from the FTSE, while the us has hasn't performed as well there's a lot of talk about rotation out of sectors and styles and which sectors will outperform. It tends to lead to people questioning, look, is, is now a good time to perhaps reduce a potential overexposure towards the home market, towards the UK and invest globally? What, what do you think? So, yes. I mean, this is this is a perennial question. You know, is, is now a good time, I guess, to invest generally, but also yeah, to, to look at that? change in, in in investment strategy if you like obviously you've got to consider whatever the cost may be of, of doing that but um, outside of that i'm going to try and channel my my inner will and i know that if he was here he would apart from giving us a history lesson he would say that there are many different possible and plausible paths for how these different regions and sectors are going to perform in, in the future and there are many variables that are going to feed into that. So having too much confidence in any one of those outcomes can, can be dangerous. And, and this is why we have our diversified strategic asset allocations. And, and you know, we only look to make small kind of tactical adjustments based on our, our view of the of the short to midterm kind of outlook rather than having these large kind of swings. That that being said, you know, our basis for those strategic asset allocation is is one of a of a global exposure. So for those long-term investors, the you know trying to time the move can be equally as dangerous as as, as people not invested trying to time their entry in it for the first time. So as always, you know the time in the market is 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 really the thing we're looking for. And and of course it's it's we're we're towards the end of March. We're at that time where people are typically thinking about what what they can what they can do from a tax planning perspective mm. and what changes seem sensible either side of the tax year end. So perhaps a consideration, but, but certainly it's not going to be right for everyone. It really does depend what you're trying to achieve. So Rob, thank you. That that really was, you know, useful food for thought. And 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 I know that our listeners will, I'm sure, find that that really interesting. So I know it's a question that gets asked an awful lot. Just a reminder, uh, please do subscribe to Word on the Street. Do get in touch with any feedback. If you want to find out anything more about investing, go to barclays.co.uk forward slash investments. And also, if you want a bit more of an up-to-date views on, on recent market moves, for example, we've not focused on that so much this week, but you know we, we're always putting stuff out on LinkedIn. So follow Barclays Investing there. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.